Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4070 of the Bugle, the world's single reliable source of 100%ly reliable anti-truth in a universe of confusingly self-proclaimed fact. I am Andy Zaltzman, and if I had a pound for every time someone has asked me for the secrets of how my hair looks so amazing... Sorry, this is a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> for how my hair sounds so amazing every single week on this show. <laughs> I would be a very rich man indeed. Joining me today... It's the woman who last time I saw her was about 20 feet tall on a massive screen in Seattle, rummaging through the contents of my shed during the recent Bugle live show. I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. It's Alice Fraser. Hello, Andy. Hello, Buglers. I am normal sized again. Yeah. I'm very disappointed to be so. I Yes, it must be hard to come down from that. that... I quite enjoyed the being a giant human yeah. being. I think I always think of myself as bigger than I am. Right. And uh, so it's always a disappointment to find myself the same size as I always have been. <laughs> you can buy. You could try look, using a some kind of massive prism to just you know carry a large prism with you. It would make you seem considerably larger than you. I could, are. but if I got to the wrong angle on the sun, that would be toast for Fraser. <laughs> well, you know, life comes fraught with risks. Anyway, it's nice to be in the uh, in the same room and continent as you uh, this time, um, and without you being able to uh, delve into my filing cabinet and. Uh, remove my deepest darkest family secrets uh, later on in this week's bugle one two three four we declare trade war plus inflatable dogs and would jesus use a flying donkey or a four-legged aeroplane if he was massaring it up today <laughs> and the world exclusive bugle world cup preview supplement including part one of your must-have audio world cup wall charts uh, but first uh, as always some sections of this audio newspaper are going straight in the bin this week an economic section in which we tell you the latest pagan incantations to try to control the global financial markets, including Igar Amnaut Igar Forel. <laughs> that is a new way of regulating income inequality in a free market economy. <laughs> and Derg Falata Dring Alin Gluk, that reduces corporate tax evasion. Uh, do try those while sacrificing some oxens, if I were you, or setting fire to something on a solstice. It probably won't work, but it has as good a chance as anything that's being currently tried. And also in the bin, a showbiz spats supplement. Well, uh, Alice, I know you're as much uh, a, a fan of, of rap uh, as, <laughs> as me, so you've probably been absolutely uh, engrossed by the uh, current spat between uh, Pusha T and Drake. Oh, Andy, um, I think our love of rap is curtailed by the fact that neither of us can really wear backwards caps because then no. the frizzy hair comes out the side and makes <laughs> us look like a maniac. Uh, but other than that, uh, I mean, it's uh, I live, sleep and, and dream rap. Uh, Pusha T and Drake, um, two of my favourite uh, current rap artists, uh, they've been involved in a in a big tiz. Big showbiz spat. Uh, Pusha T, of course, so-called uh, because his days as a professional golfer were cut short by his tendency to push his tee shots <laughs> into the rough on the right-hand side of the fair, whilst uh, Drake chose his moniker because he once sank a pedalo boat on holiday in Spain. Uh, currently the big spat in the world of rap. Um, and uh, I would tell you what it's all about, but I only read the first paragraph of the article. But, of course, this is absolutely nothing new. Big showbiz spats particularly not in uh, the world of uh, uh, rap and hip-hop. In the 1990s, hip-hop legends uh, Sniffy K and Vile Clinks uh, both received life bans from the World Crown Greed Bowls Championships after a spat that uh, began at the opening ceremony of the 1997 Championships uh, when, uh, in the All-Star Celebrity Game, uh, descended into overt gunfire 
when uh, Sniffy K, real name Kenneth Hodgkinson, <laughs> accused uh, Vile Clink's uh, real name Ian Splint of mu- moving the jack with his foot, and it all uh, broke down into scenes of uh, horrific mayhem. Uh, also going further back, Brother Timothy and Brother Emmanuel, huge stars on the Gregorian chanting scene in the mid-11th century. Reportedly, they hated each other's <laughs> cattles off, uh, Alice. The latter famously describing the former as a vinegar-voiced waste of a good cassock before Timothy hit back by chanting that Emmanuel had a tiny willy and didn't even <laughs> like God that much. And uh, Also, um, uh, Paul McCartney, uh, the uh, one-time Beatle. Famous rapper? Uh, not, not a rapper. No, I didn't say they're all rap. These are just you know, showbiz, oh, uh, see, showbiz uh, spats. Uh, Paul McCartney, the... Uh, ex-Beatle. He has had a long-running tiff with long-dead Dutch painter Peter Bruegel the Elder, whom he thinks (laughs) nicked the idea for his smash hit 1565 painting The Hunters in the Snow from an unreleased song that uh, McCartney, the Liverpudlian croonster, recorded with uh, John Lennon in 1961 called Bang Bang Brackets Winter Animal Death Carnage. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Anyway, that's fortunately... Uh, oh, well, there's another another big spat. Kerry Grant and Kerry Mulligan uh, really do not get on. The old fella resents the young female actress being still alive, unlike <laughs> him, him. Well, she thought uh, his acting was unnecessarily stilted, even allowing for the different production values of the time. Anyway, that celebrity showbiz spat section is going in the bin. We're recording this on uh, Friday, the 1st of Offred. Uh, is, that, is that right? Uh, on this day in uh, 1812, US President James Madison asked Congress to declare war on the United Kingdom. Appalling behaviour. Absolutely appalling behaviour. Madison running to Congress, you little squealer. Declare war on us yourself, you five foot four inch short ass <laughs> excuse of a president. Uh, that was 206 years ago today, the War of 1812. Result low scoring draw after a prolonged period of extra time. In 1813, 1814 and 1815. Um, In uh, 1974 on this day, the Heimlich manoeuvre was launched for rescuing choking victims. Uh, There was uh, an article published in the uh, journal Emergency Medicine. Cracking, read that. Uh, Previous to the Heimlich... It's a shame it only comes out once a month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's got to wait. Next episode. (laughs) Well, I guess that's one of the benefits of the internet. You don't have to... like. Frantically rifle through all your back catalogue. Quick, for... quick, subscribe to a magazine. He's bleeding out. <laughs> <laughs> Previous to the Heimlich manoeuvre, the accepted medical practice for choking victims was to turn the victim upside down, get them to open their mouth, and then send a ferret up their esophagus. <laughs> that had only a thirteen uh, percent success rate. Support for the bugle is brought to you by Simply Safe. Home security done right. Simply Safe is really discreet and hard to notice. Windows and doors are comprehensively protected. It's cheap and contract free. Learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect your home. Go to simplysafe.com/bugle. That is simplysafe.com/bugle. Top story this week. Well, it has been a dramatic week. On this uh, renowned planet of ours, all manner of exciting goings-on. Uh, trade wars, fake deaths, um, Europe basically voting itself to the very precipice of uh, oblivion. But Alice, you have found the single most important story in the universe for us, as our most important story in the universe correspondent. Yes, Andy, strap yourselves in, uh, tie your hair on. In Sausage Dog News Now, <laughs> Trevor, the terrific dachshund, has made news headlines for being a tiny dog who suddenly blew up like a balloon, but luckily didn't explode. 
the background of the story is his owners were used to him being one size, which was tiny, and then they were quite alarmed when he mysteriously ballooned to three times his tiny size. Still, still quite small, bigger than it should have been. Doctors don't know how it happened. Vets used x-rays to determine that Trevor had punctured his windpipe, which caused his small body to fill with air, and he was admitted to a vet group for emergency care. So what happened was the injury caused an abnormal collection of air under the skin, and uh, he blew up, really putting the into Dachshund. <laughs> Normally, in an incident like this, the air would sort of absorb on its own, but Trevor needed immediate help, and so the vets cut a hole in him in order to deflate him and stop him filling up with air on every breath. Now, everyone in my newsfeed is circulating this like it's a cute story. <laughs> but it is a horrifying story. What the f*** is wrong with literally everybody I know? This is a terrible thing. You can breathe your own skin off like a nightmare balloon. I'm going to have dreams forever about people flying inflated dogs through the park on leads with you know, those yappy little rat dogs coming at you at head height. They already think they're hot shit. They're not. They're tiny inbred disappointment wolves who free ride on human beings' infinite appetite for arse-licking sycophants. <laughs> We just Same. keep them round to prop up our self-esteem by loving us unconditionally and in return we cut their balls off and thumb worm tablets into their bottoms according to pharmacy instructions. <laughs> I mean, it is a, a harrowing story, uh, but at the same time, dog inflated like a balloon. I mean, what are you arguing with here, Ash? <laughs> it's, it's a horrifying Zeppelin scenario. It's just, <laughs> oh, oh, the dogmanity. Well, it, I mean, it does suggest that there there could be some military application for this if you used <laughs> you know, helium or even hydrogen instead of regular air to inflate the dog. No, no, there's so many possibilities, Andy, and they're all terrifying. Right. I mean, uh, the dog's owner, Jessica, told the BBC... His head and neck all merged into one. So he was just like a super fat seal. <laughs> well, I mean, two points here. One, quit the interspecies body shaming. Seals can live how they want to live. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with being... In fact, it's beneficial if you're a seal to be on the large side, um, bearing in mind prevailing meteorological conditions <laughs> and water temperature. Uh, and also, his head and neck all merged into one, so he was just like a super fat seal. I'm pretty sure... That's a direct quote from the Book of Revelations, isn't it? <laughs> Are you saying Jesus ballooned? That the nails introduced this scenario into his... Well, it could have, they could have done. Maybe that's why that's he floated, why floated, floated off. <laughs> we're in so much trouble, Andy. <laughs> if God exists, we're so fucked. Yeah, well, given the state of the planet anyway, you might as well take your chances, <laughs> uh, chances with the Almighty as well. Anyway, if you have ever... Um, deliberately or otherwise uh, inflated a sausage dog uh, please do contact us at hello buglers at the com. what kind of interaction are you expecting from that <laughs> at least we know where, where they are so we can watch out if they're coming at us yeah, for, certainly if they did it on purpose we want to know who and where they are yes i mean i'm not i'm not advocating the inflation of of sausage dogs it sounded a lot like you were advocating the inflation of sausage if dogs, Andy. I have witnessed an inflated sausage dog, I would like to know <laughs> what happened and how you dealt with the situation in a humane way. Ukraine journalism news. And, well, this is one of the great stories of all time. Uh, Arkady Babchenko, uh, the uh, Russian journalist and Putin critic, and therefore, if we may add those two twos together to make the four of man who hasn't bothered taking out a pension because realistically, what's the f***ing point? He did one of the most spectacular 
faking his own assassinations in the history of uh, of humanity. I mean, the Football World Cup has not even started, <laughs> and already uh, people are hurling themselves to the ground, pretending to be way more injured than they actually are. And um, Babchenko went down very convincingly this week, and to be fair, the ref bought it. And by the ref, I mean the entire world who reported his death as the fact that it soon proved not to be, because... He went full in on this uh, this fake death. He went public shooting, yeah. four shots to the back of the head. Yes. This puts Tom Cruise doing his own stunts into perspective, it I does. think. And also, to I mean, you've got to admire the lengths he went to this. I mean, understanding whether or not it was a good thing, uh, a sensible thing, or an act of purest idiocy, uh, I guess we'll let history be the judge of that. Well, but he didn't even tell his... His, his wife. wife. So, yeah, he emerged at a police press conference on Wednesday afternoon in front of journalists who had been expecting updates on the investigation into his murder. So they had been expecting some updates into his... Like, this is a showman right here. Like, this is <laughs> this is like a punked Ukraine death version. Like, this is a terrifying thing to do to your friends who were all there, his colleagues were all there. He apologised to the journalists for the mad fake-out and he also said, special apologies to my wife. Yes, I mean, I hope there were very special apologies. He said there was no other option, which I don't believe is strictly accurate, Alice, because I believe there was another option. That was to tell his wife (laughs) rather than not tell his wife that his death was not actually real. Maybe she's a very bad fake crier. Oh, that is possible, I guess. I mean, she could have, I don't know, just gone for an afternoon out in, in the woods or something. But he could have just asked her very nicely not to go splurting about it on uh, on Instagram. I imagine she'd have been she'd have been okay with that. But that's I mean that's going to put strain on on a relationship, isn't it? If at any point in the future either of them you know suspects the other one of not being entirely honest with the other, then oh, um, yeah. I mean that's quite a big piece of evidence you can dig out from the back catalogue, isn't it? Yeah, like, if my brother is late to lunch, I replace him with a new brother within about <laughs> 15 minutes. That's... <laughs> um, Dabchenko said that he'd watched news of his own death whilst in a mortuary, which is... <laughs> no! I mean, that's the last place you expect to be watching yourself on the television. I mean, not for me, obviously. The last place I expect to be watching myself on the television is in the United Kingdom. But, but <laughs> for, for most people, it would be... Uh, uh, a a mortuary. They used um, pig's blood oh. as well, um, um, which I mean, I it's think if you're gonna, it's not co- if you're going to pretend to assassinate yourself, you, at least you want to, you know, trying to do it in a in a in a kosher and halal way, just just to be on the safe side. Um, I, I feel very sorry for the other corpses in that mortuary. They've got to be super jealous. Yes, I mean he's. Yeah, but they've got to be some disappointed families <laughs> like, mourning their recently deceased when Arkady Babchenko sits up out of... tears the tag off his toe and says, Ta-da! Not dead! That is... I mean, it's just like he has just sat down and watched too many ep- episodes of a daytime soap opera. Like, pursuing this line of reasoning, he's just going to... Next up, he's going to be acquiring amnesia and even an evil twin, a cliffhanger season finale, house fire, <laughs> and a shocking twist that'll be back after the break. Like, what else does he want? The pig's blood angle I was uh, I, I was not comfortable with um, because, I mean, for a start, it's lucky that he wasn't... Because the thing is, there were genuine threats on his life. So it could have been that he was actually assassinated at the same time as faking his own assassination... 
at which point there'd have been pig's blood everywhere, which would have been then very awkward for the family, having to say to each other, well, they ran a DNA test at the autopsy. It turned out his real father <laughs> is, a, is a pig. It's really not the way I wanted to find this out, darling. I think there, I mean, there are some always some positives from these uh, these stories, and it's you know hard to know how the, this will aggravate the political, shall we say, tension stroke war between Russia and the the Ukraine. But I think this could well be the future of assassinations, because essentially, this has got all the benefits of assassinating someone. It gets all the media coverage for twenty four hours, uh, but without the ethical awkwardness of having committed murder. So, I mean, I would like to see all future assassinations just done as a 24-hour joke. But, I mean... <laughs> they need to get Ashton Kutcher in as a consultant. I mean, it's not often you hear those words, and uh, rightly so, but maybe you've got a point. Of course, uh, Arkady Babchenko is not the first man to uh, come back surprisingly <laughs> from the dead and make a big song and dance about it for the media. Um, his predecessor in this field, uh, Jesus Christ, um, well, one of his big fans, Jesse Duplantis, the uh, American televangelist, has uh, told the world that Jesus would not be riding a donkey if he were around today as a justification for asking uh, his followers to stump up over $50 million so Duplantis could buy a, another private jet, his fourth private no. jet. I mean, he's 100% right. Jesus rides reindeer and delivers coal to naughty children. <laughs> what the ball-flipping nutsacks is going on in the US media-based church substitutes right now? <laughs> it, it means he... This is such a bananas thing to say. A, he hasn't read the Bible. This is what this indicates. He hasn't read the Bible. He's also somehow avoided ever seeing a nativity scene or hearing a Christmas carol or talking to anybody about anything ever. <laughs> Jesse Duplantis said God told him to buy a Falcon 7X for $54 million, <laughs> saying it would help him to fulfil his mission of preaching to as many people as possible, conven conveniently forgetting the existence of the internet. <laughs> yeah, buy a f***ing router. Yeah, no, jet only, jet is the fastest, faster than the internet. He doesn't know how fast the internet goes because his computer keeps getting trashed by Trojan viruses from porn websites his uh, assistant keeps accidentally clicking on ads for. <laughs> God uh, had told him, apparently... And this is a direct quote from God via Jesse Duplantis. I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to believe for it. Hence, his followers have to pay for it. I think that's the logic. And, uh, well, I mean, it's interesting that God should have spoken directly to Jesse Duplantis on the subject of buying a private jet because he's pretty sparing with his words these days, the uh, almighty Lord, um, and chose a slightly odd time to pop out of retirement. Um, I mean, he didn't... He didn't come out and tell people to stop killing each other. Uh, didn't call for the fairer distribution of the wealth of the world. Didn't even didn't even clarify that on reflection he's really not that fussed about what people do and don't eat. He's just a fan of the latest fads in food hygiene. <laughs> no, he broke his silence to tell a TV evangelist to buy a f***ing aeroplane. This is just further, further evidence that God has lost his edge, <laughs> arguably lost his marbles, and should quit. He just doesn't have his finger on the pulse anymore, with all due respect. Did some great work in the early days, the first six days in particular, coasting since then. I'm going to counter this argument by saying Mr Duplantis has a point. Uh, right. In 2015, he appeared in a video with another preacher, Kenneth Copeland, in which they described travelling on commercial airlines as being, quote, in a long tube with a bunch of demons. <laughs> and I've flown from Australia, Andy, and I can guarantee... <laughs> 
and confirm that they are 100% correct. That is exactly what it's like being in an aeroplane. So maybe the Bugle listeners should buy me an aeroplane. <laughs> do, do planters claim that Jesus would not have used his trademark donkey today had he been around? Uh, quotes, he'd be on an airplane preaching the gospel all over the world. Um, now, I'm, I'm not much of an expert on these things, Alice, uh, but it, I don't think if Jesus were around today, he would probably use YouTube um, <laughs> and spend most of his time blocking people on Twitter who were questioning his validity and parentage in rather unbiblical language. And also, I think Jesus is the kind of guy, I mean, he seemed like a nice guy, uh, very concerned about his carbon footprint, I reckon, if he'd been around today, especially given that, unlike most people, he would even leave a car- carbon footprint on a lake. Um <laughs> And if uh, if he had travelled by air, I think he wouldn't have got he would not have gone for a private jet. He'd have gone for a budget airline, uh, because they too, very much like him, very adept at turning tiny bits of actual food into so-called meals for many many people. In other inflatable dachshund news now, Venezuela's currency inflation has broken through the coveted 25,000% barrier, where it is now more expensive to have money than any money you have. Money is now worth minus twice itself, and nobody knows what's anything what anything's worth anymore. It's just... It's absolutely insane. The suffering of the people is compounded by the fact that nobody knows what anything will buy from day to day. It's almost like instead of being backed by a solid base like a gold standard or sterling or the honour of a good man, their currency rests on the word of a self-indulgent madman who talks to birds and is also out of touch with reality. Um, well, this would be uh, the uh, President, Nicolas Maduro, who recently won another six years in power in uh, in Venezuela. How did he win that? Uh, well, in in a free and fair democratic election. Mm. Um, that uh, not everyone has completely described as free and... Uh, and fair. I think it's fair to say with Maduro, he's uh, that um, authoritarian socialism is a brand that has been tainted by history, and he's not really helping cure that taint. No, he's he's sort of almost like when a when a guy asks you out on a date and tells you that he's in recovery from some addictions, and you go, "I'll give him the benefit of the doubt," and then he does all of the things, including stealing your bed and laptop. Right. Uh, I'll take your word for that, Alice. <laughs> it's um, never happened to me, but I've, I've got a fertile imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this in Venezuela uh, with inflation at 25,000% plus, it means that if you're listening to this episode now, it's free. But if you listen to it again, just 8 minutes, 30 seconds later, it would cost you £799 plus tax. That's a lot of money, yeah, Andy. I mean, it's a lie, but the point stands. <laughs> We should point out that uh, Alice is uh, struggling through this episode of the Bugle, having been assaulted by a an army of Welsh bedbugs. I had to decontaminate myself before letting myself touch London. I didn't want to be the plague Mary. I, w- I went to Wales and got <laughs> bitten. I'm covered in bites. This is a terribly... I, I come from Australia, Andy. I've never been bitten by anything in Australia, ever. <laughs> And I come here to your apparently meek and mild country, and now I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but it's not how I expect to look. And it's certainly not how I expect to itch, and I kind of want to blow my own skin off like a duck's <laughs> at this point. In 
Global trade war news now. Uh, Donald Trump uh, got a little bit a little bit bored uh, this week. Uh, took some uh, time out from his hectic schedule of pardoning convicted criminals for no good reason uh, to slap some massive trade tariffs: twenty five percent on steel from uh, the EU and Canada and Mexico, ten uh, percent on aluminium. Uh, to pronounce it correctly, America, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the rest of the world has reacted with a mixture of. Uh, disgust and resignation that uh, this kind of thing is kind of inevitable these days. And uh, as the old saying goes in the world of international commerce, you cannot spell fundamentally wrong-headed economic attack on your closest allies without f*** you all. Um, <laughs> to be fair to America, they do have to be raising more money to pay for all those red cloaks and white headdresses they're obviously stockpiling. Um, but, I mean, does it really make sense Economically, these tariffs on steel and aluminium imports, surely more sensible would be some kind of global tax on the sensation of a deep-seated unease about the future of humanity, which ironically would be self-defeating because if there was enough international cooperation to achieve agreement on how to implement that tax, people around the world would relax and think maybe things can be okay (laughs) after all. Um, But America, well, Trump keeps saying what a bad deal America has had from the world, what with... uh, it's the socially ruinous policies on healthcare foisted on it by powerful lobby groups in Botswana and Bangladesh. And it's tragically unhealthy national diet force-fed down its throat by the greedy subsistence farmers in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and, of course, it goes without saying that uh, America's willfully self-destructive attitude towards firearms, its logic to find commitment to slow environmental suicide, and its self-cannibalising political system are all the direct result of some international agreement or other about installing toilets in schools in famine zones. America has had it <laughs> tough, Alice, and now it's hitting back, big time. Uh, Trump plays economics like my family used to play Monopoly, with just an absolute disregard for the actual written-down rules <laughs> and a, a sort of a vague hope that it'll all make sense in the end. We used to steal money out of each other's banks and it would always end up in a fist fight, which I'm worried is what's going to happen now if by fists you mean nuclear warheads. Well, surely that's a far more realistic version of Monopoly anyway, if you want to recreate the uh, the, the, uh, the workings <laughs> of business. Um, Canada has not taken this lying down. They have slapped tariffs on, amongst other things, yoghurt, <laughs> soy sauce, strawberry jam and quiche. That is fusion food gone mad. Um... Uh, as well as uh, orange juice, soups, manicure and pedicure products. They're now taxing American manicure and... I don't know if that's just to confuse the USA. Toilet paper, that sends out a very strong message to America that Canada will not even wipe their arses with your isolationist bog roll. Um, As well as inflatable boats, lawnmowers (laughs) and sleeping bags. The three key components of a bid to escape America across the border into Canada. I cannot wait for a world in which inflatable boats become a status symbol and rappers start bouncing down the street in them. China has also said that it will stand up for itself and it does seem that China and the USA are now at each other's throats like two top surgeons in a one-against-one emergency tracheotomy competition, Mm -hmm. Um, if I may quote myself from many years ago. (laughs) Uh, uh, And this is turning into a tit-for-tat tariff scandal, literally. Tit for tat, China is slapping a 35% levy on American silicon breast implants, whilst the USA is whacking a 45% import duty on Chinese-made tattoo ink. <laughs> there is some doubt over whether Trump will actually go through fully with these uh, these tariffs, because uh, the Trumpian tactic is uh, often uh, to begin negotiations 
uh, by, for example, saying he's going to stand by your living room window with his trousers down, grinding his naked groin against the glass <laughs> while you're all trying to watch the telly, then inevitably he will row back from that somewhat extreme opening position so that eventually you reach a deal and find yourself thinking, well, he's only dangling his todger through the letterbox. This could have been so much worse. Um, that is from his book, The Art of the Deal, Chapter 8. Your emails now, and uh, we had this uh, come in from uh, David Michael John. Uh, who, I beg your pardon? <laughs> who, Is that three names or two? Well, it's uh, approximately two. Um, <laughs> but it's the 21st century, you never know. And um, he sent us a, a, a link to the story of Kim Jong-un and the South Korean leader meeting uh, in a bid to salvage the talks with the, uh, the US. Um, and he writes, I don't mean to imply causality, but the news below occurred just minutes after a pair of bugle socks were spotted in North Korea. And he sent us a photo of uh, himself while on a tour of the demilitarised zone um, that took, uh, uh, in which he went to the joint security area and was in a conference room that straddles the North-South Korean border. Um, and he is wearing bugle socks on the North Korean side of that border. Uh, as we left, he said, a special convoy quotes came in, shutting down all tours for the rest of the day. So that is the power of the bugle sock. Andy, I yep. don't know how I feel about that. Right. I genuinely don't know. How, I mean, I feel itchy about it, but I feel okay. itchy about everything. But I think I feel itchy in my soul about it. I feel... I mean, on one hand, what a great privilege to be associated with socks in North Korea. Yep. But also... Who's listening to us, Andy? <laughs> like, are there real serious... There's real serious people in real serious places listening to yep. this bullshit, Andy. We need to reassess our approach. Well, I mean, if, just, if, you, if you listen to it backwards, it's all got absolutely rigorous solutions to all of the world's <laughs> problems. So. Can we just find out how many listeners we have in North Korea, if you like? <laughs> Please do. Well, we briefly had one... Um... Do they have electricity in North Korea, or are they listening on hand-cranked iPods? <laughs> Uh, this uh, email came in via the physical form of a postcard. I think it counts as an email because it's a 21st century, and uh, if you say postcard, youngsters won't know what you're talking about. So we'll call it an email, even though it was written on a card. <laughs> Dear Buglords and ladies, please accept in honour of the impending one-year-to-go anniversary till the GB crashes out of the EU this clear example of a cock and some stupendous balls on display for any bugler to see who cares to visit this gallery. Now, this is from the University of East Anglia, and it is um, a, an artefact um, from over 2,000 years ago in Ecuador. <laughs> uh, it continues. So let's salute the prescient Ecuadorian mudsmith who made it. Tin hats on to the Englanders, all hell to the bugle, cock-a-doodle-doo. Uh, from, what's that name, Merrill? I think it says Merrill, yeah. Uh, from Stansted in uh, in Essex. How would you describe this, Alice? This is a... Okay, let's describe it from the top down, like cleaning a cupboard. Yeah. Uh, the top of it is like the top of a vase. Can you clean cupboards? <laughs> <laughs> I can clean everything. Uh, you, this, is, this is a spout, like a spout, and then there's a handle, uh, one end of which attaches to the spout, the other end of which attaches to what looks like a parrot head or potentially a foreshortened flamingo head then there is the body of a bird and then the bird seems to have either terrible club feet three of them two bulbous club feet and a large ball sack 
or three equidistant. That's the original version of the Twelve Days of Christmas ended with that. (laughs) Or three equidistant penises that have swallowed up its legs somehow. Um, It's described as whistling bottle as a bird on eggs or pods, which sounds like a crossword. Eggs could be eggs. Anyway, there you go. Do keep sending in the postcards. This reached us at the the uh, the studio we record at. Could I give out the address, Chris? Uh, sure. I mean, in no way was I creeped out by already getting that letter. Yeah. <laughs> Before having well, given out the address. Yeah. Um, I admire that level of research. Yeah. We need more Bugle postcards to something else. Well, so, so we record at the Something Else studio in London, uh, if you're that keen. You can find it on the internet. Something spelled wrongly. <laughs> you know, we have no downloads from North Korea. No downloads at no, all. We have, we have, and it, it's like, we, we reach some important countries. We, we even get some downloads in Libya. Right. Uh, in in the last quarter, we've had twenty six downloads from the Holy See. Oh right. Uh, we've had twenty from Tajikistan. <laughs> there you go. We've had ten thousand from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Breaking news: The Pope listens to the bugle. <laughs> That's why he's so happy. That's why he's such a chill Pope, Andy. Yeah. Wow. Maybe we should get him on. Yeah. Sure. How do you? Yeah. Sure. I mean, go to one of his. Um, he does those uh, big gigs, doesn't he, at uh, in St Peter's Square. Do they let women near him, or are they worried that well, they'll they, contaminate him they like bed bugs? Contaminate a pope. <laughs> Before we get to the uh, Bugles' exclusive World Cup pullout section, a quick reminder that there is a Bugle live show this coming Tuesday, the fifth of June, at the Underbelly on London's South Bank. There's also another show on the tenth of July, and I'm doing a Satirist for Hire World Cup special at the Underbelly on the fifth of July. Um, this week's Bugle on Tuesday features Alice. And uh, Tiff Stevenson, uh, details on the internet. Do come along. World Cup section now, and Alice, it's now just two weeks until the Football World Cup kicks off. Or as I like to call it, balls, balls, balls! <laughs> in, uh, in, uh, in Russia, uh, the spiritual home of football uh, in 2018. And, uh, I mean, what more appropriate country could there be for a World Cup run by an organisation that has devoted itself with an almost biblical level of enthusiasm to the art of corruption? (laughs) Uh, Despite that, there is some football. And um, I'm not as much of a football fan as I used to be in my younger days, but I still love the World Cup, uh, more the idea of it than the actuality. But here it is, the Bugle World Cup section, including a Bugle World Cup audio wall chart. So here is the uh, World Cup audio wall chart. Cut out and paste together all the audio clips you need for a full record of the 2018 FIFA World Cup. Uh, To start with this week, we're giving you the scores. Nil. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Seven. Just in case, Brazil. And also the first five audio national team stickers. First of all, England. Germany Russia (laughs) This is just for you, Alex Australia (laughs) Oh, that is... Eerily familiar to me when I was a kid. Dad only let us watch the cricket or the news. And uh, 
finally, uh, the final um, audio sticker uh, for your World Cup wall chart. Sweden. <laughs> the other 27 teams will follow at some point over the next decade. I mean, Andy, you were making fun of Venezuela for inflation. I think that your sense of how funny a funny <laughs> anthem is might be above the 250,000% mark. Well, let history be the judge of that. I'm Look, I'm not judging you. You're talking to a woman who just spent 45 minutes boiling her underpants on a stove. So, <laughs> so in other uh, elements of our World Cup, uh, World Cup pull-out section, uh, uh, there's a competition. Do you want to breed a world-class footballer then here's your chance with the exclusive winner vial of spermatozoos from the World Cup's top scorer. The winner of the Golden Boot will provide a test tube of his reproductory tad- tadpoles for you to imperfectate the overrug of your choosing. <laughs> you simply have to answer this question correctly. Is this handball inside or outside the penalty box? Uh, do... Um, send your answers to us in whatever format you choose. Uh, now it's time for an in-depth guide to all the assistant referees who will be partially officiating at the matches. We get to know the real men behind the natty little uniforms running up and down the side of the pitches. And we look in particular at three of the top assistant referees in world football. Chlamydio Plaplescu from Romania. Uh, likes waving a little flag, running up and down in a confined space next to a straight line and being shouted at by thousands of furious people. Dislikes war, famine, pestilence and death. Honduribia Squalcino from Ecuador, terrific assistant referee. Favourite pastime, judging whom a football last touched before it went across a line. Least favourite place to be, anywhere that is not squeezed between the stand of a stadium and a football pitch. And Wojciech of Poland. Biggest fear in life, not being able to express an opinion through the use of a flag. And favourite phrase, that was marginal, but I think he got it right. <laughs> My uh, favourite phrase to use on a date, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, FIFA is a very interesting organisation. Um, we'll be looking at, at uh, FIFA through the course of the tournament because we all know what the two Fs stand for. We'll just take those as red. But what do the I and the A mean? Uh, we will investigate and find out whether it's supposed to be spelled assholes or assholes. <laughs> uh, we look at the uh, formations teams are going to be uh, adopting at this World Cup. Uh, many sports these days like to mine the expertise of successful people from uh, other sports. And England, uh, the England football team, have been having uh, consultations and training with the very successful Team GB Olympic rowing squad and are rumoured to be considering facing Tunisia in their opening game with a new 1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1 formation with the manager sitting in a special little pit behind one of the goals shouting, Kick! 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 France, rumoured to be harnessing their national obsession with Grand Tour cycling and utilising a peloton of around 150 footballers to guide star forward Antoine Griezmann up towards the proximity <laughs> of the goal before letting him spring out and smack it into the net. Whilst four-time champions Italy will be lining up in a 0-0-0 formation after failing to qualify. <laughs> and we... Uh, I'm as sad about that as they are. It's not a real World, not a real world Cup without Italy grinding out a couple of nil-nils. Um... I can tell you my football strategy, Andy. What's that, Alice? Unfailingly successful football strategy is uh, going to the park, uh, insisting that the bigger boys play with you until uh, you can fall over the ball in a heap of tears and someone gives you cake. (laughs) That is, every time. Works every time. (laughs) (laughs) 
There will be full and world-exclusive coverage of the World Cup. We are the only media outlet uh, that will be reporting on the scores and matches uh, during the course of the tournament. So do tune in over the next few weeks, including we will exclusively reveal halfway through July who's won. Uh, thank you for listening, Buglers. Don't forget, the live Bugle show this coming Tuesday, the 5th of June at London's Underbelly with Alice and Tiff Stevenson. Uh, many other live Bugle shows coming up through the summer. All details on our website, thebuglepodcast.com. You can hear Alice on her uh, many uh, podcasts, uh, Tea with Alice and uh, the troll what's the tro- talk us through the troll one again okay so tea with Alice I talk about difficult ideas with interesting people troll play is troll play. Uh, where I take the manure of the internet and turn it into the flowers of joy we, we warm our hands at the bin fire of hatred that is the internet and it's me and Cal Wilson and Sammy Shah and uh, it's a lot of fun it's very silly it's sort of gross but uh, <laughs> so very on just brand looking for horrific things people have said on the internet well, there's two segments. The first one is our favourite internet interaction of the week. So someone's come at me offering something in a friendly or aggressive manner. And uh, the second segment is an internet plug hole of the week. And that is where it gets incredibly interesting. You will not believe what Mum's Net will talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back next week with a live bugle uh, from the underbelly. See you all there. Until next time, buglers, goodbye. Bye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.